you know, learn from those who went before you. There's so many things you can try that don't work. And if you just start with a staple of proven things that you know will work, that often is more than enough. And then you can experiment with your own, you know, your, your own thoughts. Welcome to the Leadership in the Environment podcast. This is Joshua Spodek. We bring you leaders acting on their environmental values because too many people told me, I want to act, but if others don't, then what I do won't matter. We're here to make it obvious that you're not alone. You're part of a global community, a majority. Also, too many people told me, doing small things doesn't make enough of a difference and big things take too much work. Action matters more than the size you start with. You'll hear how action motivates guests from small things to doing big things. You won't find guilt, blame, doom, gloom, or telling people what to do. You will find leading without relying on authority, which brings what I found missing from acting on environmental values. Joy, discovery, growth, community, meaning, purpose, value, sharing. With global demand for environmental action, I bet you'll see that acting on your values doesn't distract from your life and career. Following these leaders' footsteps and beyond enjoying the environment, I bet you'll see promotions, raises, more loyalty and trust in your relationships, and more. Scott starts right off full of the fire that his book, Find the Fire, teaches people to find. And I don't know about you, but I've heard enough from people who don't live the advice that they give. And so it's refreshing and rewarding to hear from someone who does. For his challenge, you're going to hear how he makes it a team effort, how he starts with people. He approaches the challenge as a leader, even though he's following. You might remember from the first conversation, his wife and daughter would say, Dad, get with the program. He was behind on something that was valuable to all of them. You'll hear how he gets a team result by admitting his limitations. That allows other people to fill in and do things that he couldn't, and that brings people together. That's how he gets a team result and improves relationships in a place where a lot of people fear that it will mess up relationships. You'll also hear how he handles feelings of guilt that paralyze a lot of other people. So there's a lot to learn from Scott in how to take on challenges, especially environmental. I'm really interested to hear how your challenge went because for a couple of reasons. One is that it involves a whole household and, <laughs> yep. and you have a reduction that you can't tell about until after, like you, it's not like you can check it in the moment. So if you want to reduce percent, <laughs> you kind of don't know until you finish. Right. And then the mild reduction is, that's also a, an interesting challenge because how do you compare it? But more than that, you've, re- you've released a book in this time and the, a book launch is like a really big deal. And yeah. Uh, I'm, I remember going crazy during mine. It's not your first one, so you've done it before. So I don't know if that makes it more crazy or less crazy. Also, I think for listeners who are here for the as much for the leadership as for the environment, I think an insider's view of a book launch. Do you mind if we start with that? I th- yeah, I'd be happy to to talk uh, about all all of that. You know, in in whatever order that that you want. So you know, you just you just let me know, and we'll go from there. I'm curious about the book launch, and mainly because one. I'm very interested in it. My book, it, you, you, this is the first time when my blurb is featured on a book. So I'm really proud and honored and flattered about that. But then and also I think be. it's going to set the groundwork for your challenge. A lot of people listening, are, they're going to take on a personal challenge and it's never the right time to take on, you know, something you've been doing one way for decades than to switch. It's never the right time, but of course it's always the right time too. So a book launch is like a big hiccup, I would guess. Yeah, yeah. And I'll talk to that. And just to make things even more interesting, right in the middle of the book launch, one week ago, I had a major hip replacement surgery. So that has added some very interesting. Bring it on. Uh, you know, I figure if we're going to do this, we're going to do this all at once. And you have to really commit to it. 
just like you have to do when it comes to the energy environment challenge, which I'll talk later. You know, so I've gone all in and, and decided just the opposite. Like the worst possible time to have your hip replaced could be during a book launch, or you could turn it on its head and say, that's also a time where I'm forced to focus and I don't have a lot of places to go because I have to heal. So I could, you know, dedicate during the healing time to uh, really not being distracted and focusing on the book launch. And that's the way I decided to do it. So, so the, you know, the launch is going uh, very well. The name of the book is um, Find the Fire. And it's a, you know, the, I guess the subtitle you know, says it all. It's how you can ignite your inspiration and make work exciting again. It's for all the, the 70% of us out there that just don't feel um, like we're fully passionate about or fully engaged in our jobs uh, anymore. And uh, so the, the book is, the book launch has been going well. It came out uh, about uh, 10 days ago um, now, and it's been a really great process, a, a, a super process of trial and error on how to, you know, how to figure out what to do. One of the, the big things that I did and, re- and relied on was an advanced team, Joshua, where I enrolled, you know, 175 uh, people. I think when all was said and done, I got them to sign up through my email list to say, you know, look, I'll send you a free watermarked PDF copy in advance if you'd be willing to help me spread word about the book. And then, you know, you give a very simple set of directions to very good, eager people that are willing to learn and willing to help if they're your fans. Mm -hmm. So that's been a big part of the book launch, getting those folks what they need to help, you know, be a kind of a multiplier force, if you will, uh, behind the book launch. A lot of uh, promotional work as well. Uh, continually writing for uh, for other blogs, getting on pod- great podcasts like yours to get an opportunity to talk about the book um, and drive awareness. Um, it, it really does boil down to awareness. And for me, you know, one of the things I've learned in this book launch is there's 9,000 different things that you could try. And, and I'm learning after this being my second book launch, what really works and what to focus in on and what not to. You know, the, the big thing I'm learning, Joshua, is really learning the few big things that work and stick to them. So for me, Building an early, you know, keep pounding away at the email list because, you know, that's gold. They're people that trust you. They're people that believe in you. Market to them, number one. Number two. Oh, sorry, build. before you go yeah, on there, yeah. what does pounding on mean? Does that mean send them a lot of emails, send them not that many emails, send them, have lots of conversations? Is it blanket emails or, or personalized ones? Yeah, for me, it's uh, personalized emails paced out in a way that's not annoying. And uh, you got to find that fine line between the reality of, you know, look, there's realistic things in MailChimp that you, your your emails won't get delivered every time into the inbox. And then you have another layer of, guess what? They won't get opened. And then you can retarget them to the folks that haven't opened them yet. And then even when they open them, that doesn't mean they're going to be moved to action. So I've, I've had to get over my, you know, my email list is there and it's precious and these people don't want to be bothered. And I've shifted my focus to, you know, I work really hard before a book launch for a year, you know, or more to add every, you know, three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, add value to my community, find something to write about, add materials, add bonus materials, give them value in their life to help them work, lead and live fulfilled. And then when the time comes, it's the, you know, the, you hope for the spirit of reciprocity where they'll, they'll figure, man, this, this person has been adding value in my life. And I understand they're in a book launch and it gives you a little bit more freedom to be able to send a more aggressive sequence of emails out if properly worded and tailored and respectful. And, you know, I, I just use a lot of humility in the way I talk to my audience because that's the way I talk to human beings, right? And that's what my audience are. 
And I open a lot of my emails with, look, guys, the world of book publishing has changed. People have a misconception that you sign a book deal and a publisher takes care of everything. You go on a book tour and everybody's happy. Well, that, that doesn't work oh, that yeah, way. that's not, uh, that is, I, I don't know anyone who's had that experience. Ever. Like, okay, maybe James Patterson. Okay, maybe he's had, you know, uh, the, the huge mega, mega, mega writers. But we're, you know, we write in a niche for business when you start. And um, you know, I'm sure there's some, you know, some callers may say, oh, well, Seth Godin does that. You know, he goes, okay, fair enough. He's spent 20 years building up an incredible following. But for the rest of us poor slobs, you know, <laughs> it really involves being realistic about build the relationship with your, your audience and it's going to take time. Every book launch will get better. Enroll the ones that are really rabid about what you, the value you provide. Speak to them respectfully, but don't be afraid to speak to them often during the book launch period, which is what I've been trying to do, especially with my Find the Fire um, advanced team. You had a long career as a, as a corporate guy, top of big multinational corporation, and you're doing things. Like a lot of people don't do these things. And so you're changing your tactics, you're changing your strategies into new things, and you're actually practicing them. And to me, that's the highest level thing that I'm taking away. I hope you don't mind my editorializing. But no, no worries. Doing it, and you're doing what, like, yeah, that's what new people are doing now. But that's what works, and so you're doing that. And then you're 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 delivering value. You're communicating with your community. You're creating relationships where reciprocal, mutually beneficial relationships. Yeah, well, well said, Joshua. It's it's doing the things that others won't do. And the biggest lesson for me in book launches. You have to treat it like you enjoy it and, you know, learn from those who went before you. There's so many things you can try that don't work. And if you just start with a staple of proven things that you know will work, that often is more than enough. And then you can experiment with your own, you know, your, your own thoughts. And now I want to hear how your power use has gone. You bet. So I want to start with like, what are the facts? What's the story? What happened? What are the facts of what's happened? Yes. Here's the facts. You were right. It's not easy, but it takes, you know, it takes a total team effort. And we set a target for my family. No excuses. I'm a no excuse guy, as you can probably tell. What other idiot has hip surgery in the middle of a book launch? <laughs> and we said, you know, I have a daughter who's uh, almost, she's going to be 15 tomorrow. And uh, my wife, the three of us said, okay, we can't do this alone. And by the way, dad's the worst offender. Dad's the one who always leaves the dang lights on all, all over the house and it never even bothered to really think about the amount of energy I'm consuming in a day. So we set the goal up with each other, number one. Fact number two, we've had fun teasing each other and making fun of each other when we're not delivering on the goal. That's been so, such a, sorry to know, oh, but that's huge. been such yeah. a big thing for the people who make this work. Oh, not yeah. Everyone, but they take what's usually the hard part is other people resisting and they turn that into allies and people, they make it a team effort. So you made it fun. Sometimes people use it as problem solving. That's such a big thing is that, that what looks like a hurdle when you activate it becomes part of, it becomes your team. So sorry to interrupt. No, no, no it's your show. Interrupt what you want. But yeah, so that, that was the second fact. So, and my daughter has a lot of, you know, fun with it. She loves to, you know, rib me. Um, hey dad, uh, you're going to light the whole the neighborhood, whole neighborhood up, or are you going to turn the damn light off when you leave the bedroom? And I, we laugh about it, and we go back and forth, and we were constantly making jokes about it. That's a fact, number, you know, number two. Number three, all of our behavior is changing. And when I see their behavior changing, it reinforces the need for me to do my own. So it, it got me thinking, 
And, it, you know, I don't want to put a message out there that you don't agree with, Joshua. If you don't agree, by all means, you know, correct me. Mm-hmm. It, the insight for me was I really can't do this alone. Despite my best intention, I still have times where I'm doing en- energy-sucking stupid things. Like I won't unplug the Keurig tea machine. It takes two seconds to reach over and unplug it to make sure there's no, um, you know, um, un, unneeded fl- energy flow going through the machine. You just unplug everything you've got when you can. And I still don't do that. And I find I still need reminders. It's not because I'm evil, not because I say, screw the goal, because I, I just need constant reminder. And so it's been an insight to me that before you make a goal like this, you really do need, the fact is for me and my family, you need a support network of people that are going to really just poke at each other. In my guess um, is that, uh, Sorry to interrupt, but no, my please. guess is that it's, I mean, you probably needed to be coaxed into brushing your teeth when you were a kid, and you probably don't need it <laughs> anymore now. <laughs> exactly. And so these right. things, we habitualize to them, or we, we create habits out of them, but it, it, that takes time. But after a while, you'll, I predict that, I don't know, a year from now, maybe six, maybe shorter, that you'll turn off lights and not think about it. And I bet, I bet there's going to be some time you're going to email me and say, Josh, I just reminded someone else about it, or I noticed that I did it without thinking about it, or something like that. I I have no doubt of that because I, you know it goes to fact number four, which I did not expect, Joshua. I really didn't. Not not for something as what I started with is trivial in theory as turning lights off and being. It's more than that. It really it's a total package of being mindful of how energy flows into and out of the house, and what are we going to do to control it? And what I found was how powerful guilt is. <laughs> and Sorry. I have more than once, this is the truth, this is the honest of God's truth. So uh, you want an honesty? I'm giving you honesty. I'm walking around the house right now in a walker because I just had hip replacement surgery and that's what's required while you're building your hip strength up. It's not easy. It's not fun and it hurts like hell. I left my bedroom this morning and I went out uh, to get something and I left the damn light on in the bedroom. I turned around halfway in my walker because I was feeling guilty. And I, especially because I knew it was going to be on your show today. And despite the pain, the, the extra effort that goes along with that, I went back in and I turned the dang light off. And I find that that little bit of guilt is very, very powerful, especially if you say you create an issue out of it of like, for the love of God, is it that difficult to hit a goal of removing, you know, of reducing energy usage in the household? And it kicks in. And, and, and so besides the family and the network, that personal internal guilt, and it only happens when you make the goal important enough to me, which, which I believe I have because it's a personal goal of mine now. And so guilt can actually factor in and help drive you through in times when you're waning. I didn't expect that, but it's really happening. Are you enjoying meeting this guest? Are you thinking about what you care about? I recommend making it active. Think about what you could do, not just analyze and plan, not do what others tell you to, but to live by your values. You'll enjoy your results, people will follow you more than you think, and you'll impact more than you expect. Go to joshuaspodick.com slash podcast for examples of what others have done. Is that that's how we learn. And someone who thinks you're just gonna like flip a switch, I mean, inside you, not the light switch, flip a switch and just say, okay, now I will be X. That's not, that's not how I understand that people work. You, I mean, that pain of you going back and redoing it, that's a lesson that you learn. And that's how we learn is through experiences like that. And so a lot of people are going through this and they're, you know, they say, oh yeah, this is going to be easy. I'm just going to do X. And then, they're, and you know, and, and now I've switched. 
But, you know, you do X and you miss it one time. I mean, some people definitely are going through having no problems doing this. I mean, I went through no food packaging for a little while and now I have some food packaging. There's some things that I get, like I got um, vinegars in a jar. I don't, I'm actually, actually, I'm going to learn how to make vinegar. (laughs) (laughs) Now, okay, so after you do learn is that things become easier and easier and easier and things that were impossibly difficult suddenly become normal. Like over there, I'm making sauerkraut because I read this thing on how to ferment and I was like really curious. And before I'd be like, that sounds too hard, but now it's like really easy. I've got sauerkraut fermenting on my countertop. <laughs> you said, Josh, here's how to make sauerkraut. I'd be like, I'm not interested. I don't care. I don't want to do that. But now it's like, it's homemade. It's I make it and it's, it's homemade. Yeah. And it's probably delicious. And you're going to do the same thing. I'm sure. Like it's, I can already feel like getting there. And what I think the final key for me is going to be, and this is the fifth point. It's so funny. You said, you know, give me facts. I literally had five facts written down. Uh It it bridges into the fifth fact, which is measurement. So what we have done is uh, we we get our energy bill um, quarterly. So we call the energy company to find out how we're doing. And we're not at 15% yet, but we had a 6% reduction, the first measurable kind of output. And that's consistent because we didn't like go on vacation and leave the house, you know, so that there was this dip in energy use. You know, we we measured a pre and a post period to be very careful of when's going to be a consistent time period where we can measure. And with me kind of housebound for the next couple of weeks and not being able to be on stage promoting my book, but, you know, doing it through podcasts like yours for the next couple of weeks, Mm -hmm. I have a very standard measurable point of time where there's there's not going to be a lot of variation because I'm going to be here all the time. And I'm either going to, I'm either going to curb my energy usage or I'm not. So we're encouraged by the first sign of, okay, you don't reduce your bill by six percent by chance, and uh, it's not far enough yet, but it's progress, and it kind of we're making a big deal out of it, right? We got nine more points to go, six to fifteen, nine nine points of uh, improvement to go, and so we're making a big deal out of it. And. So, okay, so how is it with the family? I mean, you talked about it being fun. Is it also, what other, I mean, you say, you're saying things that I think you're, you're having experiences that you're, you're rolling with and having fun with it that I think others might feel like there are failures or something like that, like when your daughter makes fun of you or something. <laughs> is it challenging? I mean, are you, now you're saying it is fun, but are, is it hard at the time or is it all a breeze? Oh, no, no. It is, it is challenging. Look, it gets annoying. Uh, you know, it does. Uh, when you're challenged for the, you know, fourth time, and your guilt really starts to stick in and like, yes, right. Like, duh, of course. Why did I forget to unplug the electric shaver? It's not that hard. You know, why didn't I use the straight blade this time instead of using the electric razor? It's not that hard. That uses zero energy. You know, why do I really need to have my laptop in full blown power mode all the time? I, there's a, there's a, low power mode for a reason built into the thing. And when you get people reminding you over your shoulders all the time, it can get, it, there's no doubt it can get annoying. It can get frustrating. And until we got that first measurement, you know, I, I honestly wondered Joshua, whether or not I was making a damn bit of difference in what I was doing in my bill. I really did. And uh, I felt very rewarded when we got that. And, um, and it immediately gave us a fresh burst of picking on each other again, because we're never making a difference. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that makes sense. Yeah. I'm also thinking from one perspective, you got nine more points for another thing, like you're a third of the way there. So six right. I don't, and two and a half. And uh, 
it gets harder and harder. I think usually you get low hanging fruit at the beginning. Next, you're going to be <laughs> looking at the refrigerator. Or, <laughs> right. I, I mean, lights aren't near. I mean, I think a refrigerator or if you have an electric oven, that's going to like really, or washer and dryer. I think the dryer, I think is one of the big ones. Yeah. Oh, dryer's big. And believe it or not, don't laugh at me here. Um, you know, obviously with, with the hip issues, um, I have a medical reason to have a hot tub. Hot tub is a oh, major, yeah. like, oh my God, it's like the, the red devil. So we're eyeing that and figuring out a plan for how I can plug it in the interim because uh, it takes a while to get the thing going. And if you unplug it, it means the water doesn't stay hot. So you know what, Joshua, it requires some planning. You know, I'm going to have to map out, okay, I think I'm going to use it at these days. So I'm going to need to plug it in 24 hours in advance, give it overnight to heat up. But in the meantime, turn the dang thing off because it's a hog. We haven't done that yet because I'm in the middle you know, of hip issues. But um, that's going to, I believe that's going to add so a lot. And an easy drop there. Yeah. Yeah. And you start to look for, you start to challenge assumptions, right? I would have said before I started this, I would have never even thought Joshua to go to the hard stuff, like unplug the dang hot tub. But now that you made a little progress, it becomes an adventure to find other ways to close the gap. And that's, that's the way we're looking at it. So the hot tub could most certainly be, um, a, you know, a big contributor to that. And we're going through as a family now trying to consider, how else can uh, can we do this? And, and I'm convinced little things will add up too. Little things like, okay, when you're done charging your iPhone, take the dang charger out of the wall or buy a battery. You know, we bought battery. I have a battery pack now to extend the life of my charger so I don't have to plug it in as often to charge it up as often and use as much energy. Yep. And you start to look, you look, look for ways to do that. Yeah, that thing is... What I find over and over again is not... It's not that little things add up, although they may. I'm not going to argue against that. But that action leads to more action and experience leads to seeing things that were beyond your horizon before. Like I have a feeling you're going to start. I mean, for me, I would, I make a change and first I'm not doing something, but then I replace it with something. And then I start getting into what I replace it with. And that's a big thing. It's like, what do you do? Like when you stop doing the hot tub, I mean, there's a lot of people in the world who don't have hot tubs who are pretty happy. Right. So you start figuring out what can I like, do I need the hot tub to be happy? That's right. When you do use it, you probably enjoy it more than you would have otherwise. That's right. That's that's exactly right. I, I'm already seeing that. Even curb and usage brings you to the next level. Well, do I need it? You know, do I need it at all? Set, set, it might be a bad example because of, you know, medical reasons I need it for at this point. But, you know, I'm not going to need it for medical reasons forever. So there's, you really have to challenge your assumptions of what exists in your life that you need to, to get by on, you know, God bless the poor people of Puerto Rico. God bless them. I hope they get their power back soon. I wonder if some of them are going to learn, well, first of all, they're going to value power even more. And maybe they're going to learn lessons about what they really need in their life for power and what they don't. And you don't have to be in Puerto Rico to learn that. That's right. That's and right. So what we're talking about here is values. What, what, I see what you're giving up. What value are you getting? Or what, what are you doing internally? I mean, yeah, great question. You're unplugging things, but what's driving? What's what does it mean? Great, super question. It's and I think it's simple. I actually think it's very, very simple. It's that human power and that human tendency to feel like you're doing your part. I know I don't have to get you wound up on this, but you know, our my family and I we have discussions all the time about um, global climate change deniers. And there was an article about Bill Nye, the science guy. He's back at it again out there trying to convince, you know, help people understand the damage that these deniers are doing. And 
So we think of this negative force in the world of, of people that for whatever reason don't want to believe the truth. And we feel like to offset that balance until that can be corrected, the rest of us have to step up and do something. So what's happening internally is this like, it's like this fortitude, but also this feeling of responsibility that as a person who lives on this planet now, I'm going to have to do my part because there's evil forces out there trying to create the exact opposite force, believe it or not. So it's actually more rewarding than I thought it would be because, yeah, okay, am I going to change a thing in the planet by you know, shaving 15% off? I don't know. Maybe what I will do is getting a chance to talk about it, convince other people to do it, and it creates a, a positive waterfall from there. So that, that's kind of what's going on internally for us. I'm so glad to hear that because it, it, it reflects so much of, I mean, I don't call the other people evil or, but it's, uh, th- to me, that's such a big thing of you live by your values. Living by your values just makes your life better. And you start finding out what you like and what you care about. And like sauerkraut, to me before, I guess I'd think like, who cares? But it's, to me, it's about delicious. It's about connecting with farmers and people around me. And my food is just, it. I don't know. I get, it's really delicious and community and stuff like that. And I'm glad to hear that it's you're, it sounds to me like you're at the beginning of something. Cause it sounds like you want to keep going. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're, we're not, we're not done yet. Right. That's, and I know that's the per the entire purpose of issuing these challenges is you should be, sub, you know, suspicious if you get people back on your show and they're like, yep, done. Next. Well, I've had a few of those. Definitely. <laughs> well, okay. Well, you know, I don't, now I'm done. And I'm like, that's, I don't get that, but that's, um, that's the world. Yeah, and I don't, I don't want to cast judgment on them because for all I know, their challenge was three times harder than mine. But, you know, I choose to have the spirit of, it's more of an awakening, you know, a mindset shift. It's not just saving energy. It's, it's, it's shifting your mindset. And, you know, one thing I, I find very helpful, you know, to give listeners hope is um, I've been amazed and how into, I don't have to explain any of this to my daughter. My hope is that, you know, and she says her friends, they all feel the same way of like, yeah, duh. Yeah, of course you have to like let your car idle. Uh, use that feature in the car that now idles, um, in, or sorry, uh, shuts down rather than idle, uh, which I have a, I drive a, a Mini Cooper, right? I got rid of my uh, big sports car when, um, when I moved into doing this uh, writing and speaking full time. I wanted to do something a little bit better for the environment. So I got a little mini Cooper and it has the, uh, the option to just idle or to shut down when you're at a stoplight. And you know, my daughter said, well, of course we're going to do that. And she says that on many things. So I feel encouraged that maybe, uh, you know, the younger generation, the Xennials, not even the millennials are going to see how we're messing this up as a generation, my generation. And they're going to help make change too. Cause she's been a real positive force in this whole thing. So I look forward to a third. I'll put a little mark on my calendar that if I, if I haven't heard from you in a while, then I'll check in. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, you bet. But if you, happy, if happy. you, if you have a revelation or you have something then, then, and you want to take initiative, then contact me and we'll schedule right then. And then I look forward to hearing how the next stage goes. Sounds like a plan, Joshua. Thanks again for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Talk to you again soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. A measurable reduction, accountability, joy, fun, closer relationships, teamwork, Yeah, there are things he couldn't do, but did he let that stop him? He worked around what he couldn't do, building the skills and experiences to continue. You have the feeling he's gonna come back and do the things that he couldn't do yet. He felt reward more than expected in places he didn't expect. And he got that team result by admitting his limitations, 
letting people work together as a team. And not by suppressing guilt, but by facing it head on and facing these feelings because that's a part of him. Most people can't even talk about personal change when they talk about things like environmental issues or dieting because feelings of guilt lead them to become reactive, protective, and defensive. That's lowering self-awareness. Instead, he lowered emissions and improves his family relationships in the middle of recovering from hip surgery. So I ask you, what are you waiting for? If you're letting something stand between you and acting on your environmental values, you're standing between feeling reward, building teamwork, working with people around you. If you haven't already, I hope you see this as an opportunity to take on challenges and work with the people around you even more than you have before. Does hearing leaders acting on their values make you think of yours? Nothing will make you feel better than acting on them. Value means better. Acting on your values means improving your life. Committing publicly helps many people and builds community too. If you want, click on Commit to a Personal Challenge to share what you do with this community. You'll be a leader among leaders. We're more than a podcast. We're a movement to share how acting on environmental values means fun, joy, growth, and so on, not sacrifice or deprivation. If you want to join or help, contact me at joshatspodak.net or at joshuaspodak.com slash podcast. You'll grow as a leader, you'll enjoy yourself, and the world and your communities will thank you for it. Oh,